time to heaten up a podcast about climate change our dangerous future and what you can do about it i'm corinne i'm derek and this is our podcast yeah congratulations for listening <laughs> we really appreciate it <laughs> thank you uh this is yeah your favorite show about disasters and or third favorite or third favor we're not even on a list really thank you for listening thanks for listening <laughs> we need it <laughs> we need it Woo, america yeah I'm happy to say that our last podcast, which let's let's be real, got a little dark, dark, uh, did not really come to pass. Oh, uh, goodness. The election is mostly over. Asterisk decided. Uh, sure, uh, and there were it went about as well as anyone could possibly expect it to go. There was no real shenanigans at the polls. None. There was no real like crazy voter intimidation. Uh-huh. The votes came in quicker than I thought, honestly. Uh-huh. Like, a lot of states were really quick. I mean, we knew it was going to be delayed. We knew we weren't going to have a winner yeah. the night. But they came in pretty quick, pretty, pretty, pretty good. You know what I really enjoyed was uh, the states that went from red to blue yeah. over time. And the absolute outrage of people feeling it was stolen and feeling this vindication. Yeah. <laughs> for... Just it, watching it raise and raise, come back from something nobody thought could happen. And it was pretty like it yeah, felt states like, like par Georgia or where they're yeah. really You're like, like Georgia, Arizona, Pennsylvania. What's going on around here? I mean, it has led to a lot of conspiracy talk and like voter fraud talk on the right, which is full of nonsense. Of I, I gotta say, I've been listening to a decent amount of like right wing prepper podcasts the yeah. last couple of days, yeah. getting you know doing some research for this show. You guys, oh. you should thank me. But <laughs> it has been a weird mix of both joy and terror listening to some of these right wingers who bit hard on Trump. Yeah, like go through the five stages of grief. <laughs> they are losing their damn minds out yeah. there. I walked so tall at work yesterday. <laughs> We do work around a lot of Trumpers, and I, so this week has been delicious, delicious. I had one, I have one coworker who is also uh, not a Trump lover like me, and I saw him in the parking lot. We both did fists up, <laughs> and he yelled, we did it! <laughs> and then, and as we were walking in, he says, I said to him, do you feel a little bit taller today? And he said, absolutely, I do. <laughs> Something to that of nature. Anyway, it was really great. It was a nice moment. Uh, and he was talking about all the people that owed him six packs yeah. and it was pretty great. And he was, he was, remember, don't forget, you owe me a six pack, 39 degrees or less. Yep. You remember, don't forget. Yeah. It was very nice. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. I mean, I'm happy to have been wrong. Like me too. I mean, Thrilled. sure. We'll get into some, we'll do a lot more of the Biden stuff later. So sure. uh, we'll we kind of put a pause. Yeah, we'll put a pause on it here. We, the, our second half segment is a bit like what to expect from a Biden presidency with regards to the climate, mostly. What to expect when you're expecting Joe Biden. Exactly. Hey, good way to put it. I think that's our title. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we do have news. Grin, any other non-election related news stuff going on with you? The British Bake Off was a real pain in the butt this week. Was it? Yeah, they did an ice cream cake challenge during like the hottest week. And I just, I don't like it when their cakes are messy because these are good cake people. Sure. And then it just looks like a mess. And the theme was 80s, which I don't understand how that's even a theme. That's just, This is getting dangerously into your other podcast category, British Bake Off Today. Yes. Okay, uh, but why would they make a theme about a baking show, the 80s? I don't know. Why They're is really grasping at straws. It's been a few seasons, Corinne. How many times can you have Cake Week? I yeah. get it. But maybe do Cake Week again. Just double it up. It's okay. It's, okay. We it's 2020. Mind. We all want double Cake we Week. Want, every day is double cake. <laughs> uh, uh, other than that, no, I've just had a lovely few days at work and just feeling really smug, you know? Yeah. It's just a nice feeling to feel <laughs> smug after feeling dejected for four years. Yeah. Yeah, good times. And not expecting to feel smug. 
Yeah, no. Um, I said the day before the election, I was 60-40, that I thought Trump would still be in power come January. And, uh, you know, January's still not here yet. A little <laughs> right. bit of an asterisk. But it does seem like I'm happy to be wrong, uh, which seems, is good. It seems like it's going to work the way the system's supposed to work. It does seem like it's holding strong. Which it is, does. Which was a fear from a lot of people. Yes. But, yeah, yeah. I'm glad nice. they'll be wrong. It's nice and to know. Beyond that, let's see. Uh, actually, I did have a, a prepper disaster happen this did you? week. Well, kind of. I had planted uh, some winter garden, so I had a bunch Squirrels. of something. So I had planted <laughs> a bunch of lettuce and a few other things, you know, from seeds, and they yeah. had sprouted up, and I had been out there watering them. And then two days later, I went back out to water them again, and it was a massacre. Something had gotten into the chicken, because I have them, like, guarded off so the chickens can't get in there. Mm-hmm. But something smaller, so a squirrel or a mouse or a birds or something got in there and ate everything because i hadn't weeded it out yet so there was still some like popped up weeds in mixed with the little tiny baby lettuce Mm. it was all gone there was no green anywhere in there so uh, apocalypse in my prepper garden this week so not great luckily i can still get you know salad at the store for a while (laughs) but i was gonna say do you need an old uh, dead tomato plant for your compost (laughs) oh we'll take it but yeah yeah so uh other than that let's see Started a Netflix show. What's you, what, um, you, what are you watching now? <sighs> you know, You're embarrassed by it. Like no, it. hold on. I, I forgot the name of it. Uh, so it's actually a Netflix series. I think it was in France originally. So it's dubbed, Ugh, uh, which greedy. takes some time, but it's like two seasons. I'm only a couple episodes in called Black or Blank Spot or Black Spot. Mm, never heard of it. Yeah, it's like a weird sort of like town where bizarre stuff happens in the woods and like murder and stuff. I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah, like murder. Yeah. It doesn't. <laughs> uh, listen, at this point, there is nothing new for a long time. Although Superstore came back on. But yeah, this is what I've been watching the last day or two. It's good. Blank spot. French people. Sometimes yeah. when it's on dubbed or like the subtitles, it's hard to really get into. Yeah, because you spend the whole time reading. Yeah. Well, I'm done with all of like the moody British mysteries. <laughs> so like I did Hinterland and all of those. Uh-huh. And so now I've got to get the foreign language ones, of which there are a shit ton yeah, on Netflix. Is. But yeah, it takes a lot of effort, and I just haven't had. I just read a book for God's sakes. More prestige. <sighs> for sure. <laughs> Anywho, so that's that's about it with me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all right. All right. So enough get, going on in the yeah, world. Enough, enough other stuff. We're gonna do some news. So some stories that slipped through the cracks. Okay. And then we'll get more into Biden. So good news, I, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, not good news. Sorry, guys. I will also say this. You know, as again another fu to the guy who told us we were too political. Our last podcast, which is almost all po- politics, actually had the most listeners in the first seven days of any of our po- uh, hey podcasts. Hey, yo. So, anyways, we're going to do it again this week, and then we'll actually get back to prepper stuff in okay. a week or two. But, all right, news first. Gren, are you ready for the news? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's three stories, but they're all bad. <laughs> <laughs> Not going to lie to Great. you. Great. So, the first one is COVID, obviously. Okay, yeah. So all of these, I think, are like stories that kind of slip through the cracks uh, while we've all been so focused on the election here in the United States. So obviously COVID is worse and continuing to get worse. Just looked it up today. In the last seven days, we added 690,000 new cases. We're up over 100,000 a day in the United States. It's getting kind of crazy out there. It feels like we've collectively just kind of given up on trying to curtail it. Yeah, Uh, I'd agree. I was driving around the other day, uh, like seven o'clock at night, and there was actual traffic on the freeway for the first time in months. People were doing stuff. Yeah, because because it's kind of gotten back to normal, mm-hmm. quote unquote, and uh, yeah, it was not not great. But yeah, we're 
over 100 and 138,000 a day now. And yeah. Lovely. I don't know, man. It's going to get bad. Uh, it's going to be a weird, weird winter. It's going to be a weird while. I'm really wondering if what we, I don't know. It, it doesn't seem like, there, I th- feel like the genie is kind of out of the bottle. And even though Biden is obviously taking it more seriously mm-hmm. and is going to listen to experts, mm-hmm. there's at least, you know, half the population out there that does not give a shit. Uh, well, and and you can't make them wear a mask. I think there's a portion of it too, which is I'll wear a mask at the places I have to wear a mask, but I'm still working. And if I'm going to be working, I'm sorry, but I'm going to do something to make my life livable. And I think you ha- we have to have a level of understanding on that. If You can't tell people you're locked down indefinitely. You can't see the people you love. You can't do the things that you like. Because then what's the point of yeah. life? And I think we have to come up with more sensible things. You know, that just reminded me, again, get, taking it darker, Corinne, I haven't oh, wow. actually seen any statistics on suicide during the pandemic lockdown. I have seen statistics on domestic violence. Yeah, but that's up. Yeah, it's always up in disasters and yeah. everyone locked at home. Um, but I'd imagine that's probably spiked over it the last... It has to be. And I yeah. wonder, I, I think my biggest concern is the kids who are stuck at home, who don't yeah. have great homes, who maybe don't have food. I have underst- no way to get out. I, I have fears about kids going to school too, but I have fears more about a kid starving or being beaten to death at yeah. this point because it's gone on for so, so long. Yeah. Uh, that's uh, not a great way to start the news, Sorry. but it's, it's what we're living through right now. Yeah. I mean, we're in the middle of a global pandemic that it shows no sign of slowing down. So no. remember that, keep yourself stocked up. And oh, ex- we're expecting to have some shortages again, aren't we on food? I think it's going to be intermittent for a while okay. now. Yeah. Um, so I think it's just always a good idea right now more you than ever it, to take it. just make sure you've topped off, you know, like uh, keeping your gas tank half full. Just mm-hmm. keep your preps up. Yeah. But all right. Anyways, that's COVID. That's mm-hmm. story number one. Ooh, and it was a doozy. Yeah. So story number two uh, takes us overseas. So, which is where I wanted to be. Which is where you wanted to be. Uh, not, 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 not like this. Not like this. <laughs> So, um, obviously, here in America, we're always generally pretty focused on America. We don't tend to listen what, to foreign news. Are there other news. places? Yeah. And then, of course, during the election, I think it's even more so. And we, then we're even double extra self-centered because we know the whole world is paying attention to our exactly. election. Yes, we're very important. <laughs> we couldn't name 10 leaders outside the U.S., but Absolutely everybody not. knows who's running for U.S. president. But, yeah, so... There were, has been a rolling wave of disasters occurring in Southeast Asia. Oof. Um, so while we've had the worst hurricane season on record here in the United States, uh, its counterpart typhoon season over in Southeast Asia has also been incredibly bad. Can I ask a stupid question? Yeah. What is the major difference between a hurricane and a typhoon? I think one fl- turns the other way. Okay. <laughs> you caught me out. I honestly don't know why one is I'd, called a typhoon. I mean, I think sometimes I'll ask a question that seems stupid to you, but actually to an average person is very reasonable. I honestly have no idea why. Okay. I'll have to look it up. But if I had to guess, I think typhoons spin the other way. Because of the... the, the I don't know. <laughs> Because it's on the southern hemisphere? Like, right. I, like, I don't know. I don't know. I just exposed Eric is stupid. Everyone, I'm so proud. Yes. I have no idea. I'll look it that, up, though. I bet you 12-year-old Derek would know the difference. <laughs> Probably. He'd be like, um, excuse me? Beer-addled 35-year-old Derek does not know. <laughs> okay. Anyway, typhoons. Right. Typhoons. So, Typhoon Molave, also known as Quinta, battered Vietnam at, a very, at the very tail end of October, right? Uh, it was kind of the explanation point on like a never-ending two months of storms. So just like mm. we kind of had hurricane after hurricane after hurricane, they've yeah. been having typhoon after typhoon after typhoon. And so um, Olave was the biggest of them to hit Vietnam. 
It left millions without power, damaged well over 56,000 homes, and is responsible for at least 30 deaths in Vietnam. It had earlier passed through the Philippines, where it was responsible for dozens of other deaths. Molave dumped over 27 inches of rain in certain parts of the country, and just that much rain you know, just can't be absorbed by the ground, and so it led to a lot of landslides, and so the landslides both killed people and made relief efforts harder, right? right so can't get to them. Exactly. And in pure 2020, uh, you know, can't stop, won't stop fashion, following right behind Malave is a storm that happened to be the most powerful storm of the year anywhere. So even including all of our East Coast hurricanes, Super Typhoon Goni, and I don't know the difference between a typhoon and a Super Typhoon. <laughs> I think it's like a category, like we have Cat 5, Cat 4 hurricanes, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I think that at some point there. But Goni made landfall in the Philippines last week, resulting in the deaths of over 20 people. Because it had 195 mile per hour winds, which is like a Category 5 hurricane. Mm. But it didn't hit like a direct hit on a major city. So it could have been really disastrous. Goni has displaced over 370,000 people. And the uh, and an island of over 26,000 may be without power until Christmas. Ooh, God. Yeah. So, I mean, it's caused major havoc in the Philippines. Um, the Albay province, uh, local government representatives told Reuters that more than 300 houses were buried under volcanic debris. So what happened is like all, like they had a volcano that had dropped a bunch of ash mm-hmm. earlier and then all that ash Pushed mixed with the up. rainwater and just kind of filled in. Oh God, that's gotta be like cement or something. Basically, yeah. yeah. Um, and you know, tragically, uh, you know, a couple of people were buried alive in oh, that. Jesus. So it's just a huge disaster. And of course, rescue and relief efforts there are being hampered by continuing storms. There's another storm on the way this week. Mm-hmm. And of course, this is all happening in COVID. So we've talked before about how, you know, relief centers and, you know, people that are being displaced in, in you know, temporary housing, that's like a hotbed for infectious diseases in normal times. Mm-hmm. And now with this super spreadable COVID, yeah, it could get bad. So of course, the Red Cross and the other organizations that are, you know, doing uh, relief work in the Philippines are very concerned about that and doing their best to keep COVID patients isolated and everything else. But yeah, it's just a real tragedy ongoing uh, in Southeast Asia. So, you know, other things are going on in the world besides the American election, and it's not necessarily great. So Thank yeah, that was a rough one. For the bummer. <laughs> Yikes. We got one more story. Is it the worst one? No, I feel like the last one, well, has potentially the worst, oh, but no great. active death. How about that? Okay. This one's like a classic climate change story. All right. Um, guess what's happening in the Arctic right now, Corinne? It's getting really cold? <laughs> yeah, except for not really. Ah, oh, dang it. Yeah, time to take a sip of that Pepsi, Corinne. So it's kind of a two-parter here. Mm. First part. Arctic scientists are sounding the alarm as the annual ice sea formation fails to form ice sea. So mm-hmm. normally earlier in the year than this, uh, sea ice is formed off the coast of like Russia up north in the you know Arctic. Mm-hmm. And you know basically it like ebbs and flows. You can watch a map of it where it like kind of shrinks in the summer, grows out in the winter, yeah. shrinks. Well, it's kind of flatlined. Basically, it shrunk really early in the spring this year, and it's not regrown yet. This is actually the latest it's ever not formed. Yeah. So that's not great. No. Uh, reasons for this, of course, include the freakish heat wave that we saw over the year in the uh, Arctic Circle, where it was above, mm-hmm. over 100 degrees at one point. Yeah. Uh, which is crazy. Uh, that heat wave has also allowed uh, Atlant- warm Atlantic currents to come into the Arctic because there is no ice. So the lack of ice that's up there means that like warmer water can move up there. Mm. And it just takes time for all that heat that's now stored up there to, to dissipate. Escape. Yeah. Yeah. So this is really bad for... <laughs> The climate, uh-huh. uh, for a lot of reasons. I mean, 
the Arctic sea ice really does a, a lot of important things for the planet. Mm-hmm. It, it, it forms this vast, you know, white sheet that reflects light, of course. Uh, the, the they're ice... just going to lay down white. They're going to paint stuff white, though, right? Eric. But uh, not only that, but the ice itself acts as like a moderator for the climate. Um, just like how like a glass with any ice in it won't warm up until the ice is melted. Mm-hmm. If you melt, the, the ocean is kind of like a glass. Uh, you know, if you, you know, once that ice is gone, it starts to warm up quicker. Yes. So not great that there's no ice uh, up there and that it hasn't formed yet. And it is a bit of a feedback loop as well. So the later the ice forms, the less time it has to form. Yes. So the less ice will be formed, right? Right. And so then next year it will melt earlier. Mm-hmm. And there'll be less of it. And so it kind of creates this self-sustaining shrinking. feedback, yeah. shrinking loop to the point where we will get to basically an ice-free Arctic. Walt Meyer, senior research scientist at the U.S. National Snow, yeah, US National Snow and Ice Data Center, said that it is a matter of when, not if, the Arctic will be ice-free. And current data suggests it will be between 2030 and 2050 when we have just a pure no ice in the Arctic winter. Great. Yeah, not good, not good. And then a related story, Corinne. <laughs> Saw both of these on Hold my feed on. this week. Hold on, this is not three stories. This is still Arctic ice. It's it's Arctic ice. Lies. So uh, scientists say they have found evidence that the frozen methane deposits under the Arctic Ocean have started to release over a large area of the continental slope off the eastern Siberian coast. So right where the ice is supposed to be forming mm-hmm. and is not, down below the frozen methane hydrates are starting to unfreeze. Great. So for anyone who's like followed climate science for a long time, like myself. Methane gas is a good thing? Yeah. The methane hydrates that are frozen under the ocean are kind of one of those like keystone like things you uh-ohs. talk about like yeah, uh-ohs. So what the case is, is that there's a ton of methane that is actually frozen and sitting on like the bottom of the ocean under the Arctic. And that frozen methane, if it defreezes gets bubbling up and you can actually see pictures of it bubbling up in the ocean and methane is 80 times more powerful as a greenhouse gas than carbon dioxide and the 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 scary part is if it all goes and it all goes fairly quickly it has the ability to possibly just basically like create really really fast heating on the planet like not this kind of slow heating we've even though what we've seen is quick it's way faster and just kind of tip the planet into a die-off the data is really really slim on this but there's evidence to suggest that about 250 million years ago something like this happened uh, where basically all the methane deposits on the bottom of the ocean it released and it caused the extinction of 96 percent of all ocean life and 70 percent of all life on land and that's uh, that's basically everything. So, you know, uh, basically everything. But like algae died back then. Mm. So, you know, that's not. We're not saying that's about to happen. Just saying that that's what how you think about when you start th- seeing methane start bubbling up in the Arctic. Great, thanks. Really needed that. I feel like that's a good way to kind of you know looking at take di- me down a notch. Yeah, <laughs> maybe help put the disaster that is a Biden presidency in perspective. Well, if. <laughs> If we didn't have Biden, it would be worse news. So, I told you it was going to be bad news. There's bad news coming out of the Arctic right now. I'm going to need five minutes with a Pepsi. (laughs) I will then take a short break, and then we'll be back with uh, Biden presidency. Damn it. That's horrible. (laughs) 
It was terrible. I'm sorry. Like, I, what do you want me to do? Not tell you the terrible news? Yes, we say it. Tell me the terrible news. This podcast is about our dangerous future, Corinne. We say it right up front. <laughs> Stand down to neutral. Oh, God. All right, Corinne. Mm-hmm. Sorry about that news. That was really a bummer. That was a bummer. We're going to bring our spirits back up because we have a presidency to celebrate. This feels like a trap. <laughs> it's not a trap. <laughs> okay. It appears for all purposes that Biden has won and will take over the presidency come July. July? No, January. January. Whenever. Sorry. Come January. Mm-hmm. It does appear as if it's going to happen. It seems like it's going to happen. The election, like we said, went better than anyone could have really hoped flip, at that flip, point. Flip, Philadelphia. Yeah. Went really good. I mean, still at this moment, which is Sunday, uh, the 7th, Trump has not... 8th. Whatever it is. Who knows? It's COVID. Days don't matter. <laughs> Day, whatever. Yeah. Trump has not actually admitted defeat. In fact, the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, it's kind of been a bit of a, like, emperor has no clothes moment. Yeah, where, it has like, been. No one is taking his random tweets seriously at all. Like, I heard that the news actually, like, cut away from his press conference because he was talking <laughs> so much bullshit. Yeah. Like, all of his legal challenges have basically been dismissed because they're ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And despite him, like, ranting into the void of Twitter, very few people are really taking it seriously. I think the vast majority, I think he underestimates how the vast majority of Americans, like, think of politics like a sport. And there's a winner and a loser, and you either you win or you lost. lose. And he lost. And so they're like, hey, we counted the votes. You didn't get the votes. What do you want? Uh, so, uh, I mean, that's good, right? Yeah. And I heard that uh, Jared Kushner is trying to convince him that he's lost the presidency. I mean, there's a lot of really I good really shot and Freud stories about what is happening in like Trump land right now. Yeah. Like some of the advisors trying to cushion the blow, some of them trying to get him to a, to realize it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's all delicious. And then there was that press conference at the Four Seasons Landscaping <laughs> next to an adult store. Which really Honestly, seemed like an episode of Arrested Development. I, exactly. <laughs> I couldn't even follow the storyline. It was so confusing i think like he was supposed to he wanted to give a speech at the four seasons hotel but it was booked and so rather than like wait a few hours they decided to find another thing called four seasons but it's a <laughs> landscaping company next to a porn shop or something this I is the know. kind of brilliant ideas we've been dealing with the white house the last four years so it is remarkably great that mm. joe biden is going to become president and kamala harris uh vice president and their speeches were in front of chase bank which has its own variety of hellishness yeah i mean we'll get into the qualified sort of goodness that is yes. biden and uh and harris but for a second, we should at least appreciate that it's a win. Thank you. I feel like there are so many joyless people on the left who didn't give it a minute. Not one second. Until they started attacking Joe Biden. And we've spent the better part of the last year <laughs> shitting on we Biden. We love so to shit on people. Trust me. Uh, I get what they're saying. And I'm definitely joining in on the making fun of Joe Biden campaign. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I've been riding that bus for a long time. I'm going to keep riding but it. But we should be grateful. It is certainly an opportunity for change. And it's and it's an actual victory. Yes. Like, there's so many people that want to equate Donald Trump and Joe Biden as being, like, exactly the same. They are not. And they're not. Not really Is even Joe close. Biden a corporate stool who's been in politics for a long time? Sure. Yes. Is he better than a proto-fascist crazy person 
yes. who you know has literally sexually assaulted multiple women mm-hmm. who like gets into twitter fights with the leaders of other countries with nukes mm-hmm. like is he better than that absolutely yes. so it's a win like let's take it here's like, and here's what i'll say you know republicans are i disagree with them on nearly everything right but the thing about donald trump is I don't believe he gives one shit about the American people. And I can tell you this about Joe Biden. He does. Sure. He cares about human beings. The man has endured actual life suffering, has true empathy and understanding for human suffering. And to me, that is the lowest of the low bar, but we couldn't even get that hurdle before. And I mean, despite what MAGA hats say, I think Joe Biden is actually interested in <laughs> making, making America better for yes, everyone. I agree. Whether they agree or disagree with Joe Biden. And he might, you might not agree with his plan for doing that. Mm-hmm. And there are definitely things Fair. in which I disagree with him. Fair. But you have to at least say, hey, here's a guy in politics who is actually interested in doing a good job. Mm-hmm. And one thing that he's been criticized for in the past is being too able to deal with people with different ideas with him, too willing to negotiate with people who are different than him. And in the past four years, there has been no coming to the table with any kind of agreement. As much as I don't want to side with Republicans ever to some level to make change, you do. And that is one of Joe Biden's strengths and weaknesses. Yeah, I think that a lot of the left that you know doesn't like Joe Biden. And again, we made a compromise choice, right? Those of us in the progressive left who voted for Joe Biden, our thought process was basically like, we'd rather fight Joe Biden yes. than fight Donald Trump. Yes. It was a shaping action because I feel like Joe Biden can actually give us what we want. We have to force him to do it. He's not yes. just going to hand it out for free, mm-hmm. but it's something that can be accomplished. Joe Biden is not this immovable force for like, you know, stomping out the left. No, he's been able to change his mind about things. And even recently, like yes. Biden had that, you know, council, well, like basically like he had a bunch of B- Bernie Sanders and Bernie Sanders people came together with Biden's people after the DNC and basically like they hammered out a better policy and they shifted Biden's stance on a lot of things, most notably on climate change. Yeah. Biden's policy plan moved remarkably to the left on a lot of issues because he worked with people that were in the left that had political power. And he listened and he actually cared about what people wanted. And so it's possible to 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 move Joe Biden, I think, to the left. I think a lot so. of people, we can't just take it as a win and walk away. And I think that Absolutely one not. of the problems is that there's a lot of just, you know, dyed in blue Democrats who are like going to go out like, to brunch <sighs> and feel like it's over now. Yeah. We still have to hold him accountable. We still have to hold his feet to the fire. Mm-hmm. But it's possible to get real change on things. So I think we should spend a little bit of time talking about what is possible under a Biden administration for the climate, I think. Well, first things first, he's going to hire scientists yeah. to tell us how to handle coronavirus from now on. That's true, too. I mean, as far as our dangerous future goes, I feel like maybe we'll somehow get better information. Of course, we can yeah. be more confident that the information that we're giving is true accurate factual information yeah meant not to scare us or just make us disbelieve science in the very least we also have to realize that the democrats didn't win the senate well we're tied 48 48 with a runoff in january correct runoffs in january in georgia i think that most people are saying it'll probably still go and it's possible we might not win the senate and we definitely lost some seats we still have the majority in the house but we have not the House like, majority, but even if we don't win that Senate, at least it's closer to even. Sure. Just have to get a few of them to cross the aisle. But yeah, I mean, what can he actually do if the right maintains control of the Senate? 
because they're going to be hellbent on blocking everything, right? Mm -hmm. The Democrats were fairly obstructionist to Trump. And so Trump, for better or worse, kind of ruled through executive actions. Sure. Which is both a pro and a con for Biden, because Biden can undo a lot of those really simply. Right. So like, we talked a lot about how Trump rolled back like over 120 different environmental yes. regulations and EPA and standards. Public lands and things like that. All of those things can be undone by just like right. revoking Boop. his, you know. And I feel like as an environmental movement, we kind of have to say that that's the minimum bar. But like, that's at least a bar. That would be four more years of additional horrible uh, executive orders. Sure. Where we can reverse some. But what we don't want is for, again, Biden is a political actor and he's going to be looking for anywhere he has leverage Mm -hmm. and we don't want him to negotiate these things so like some of them stay some of them go Mm -hmm. and have him basically use this as leverage with the republicans right it all has to go back to what it was right like that actually need to move further the other way (laughs) exactly yeah so step one is all of uh all of donald trump's you know reversal or deregulations and opening up of public land needs to be reversed sure right and the president, through executive action, also has a lot of control over public land. Yeah. And that's something that I think a lot of people forget about, just how much land, especially out west, is owned by the federal government. Um, I did some stats for you, Corinne. Oh, did you? Yeah. In 2018, the U.S. Geological Survey reported that nearly one quarter of the country's carbon emissions emanate from fossil fuel extracted on public lands. And as of 2016, 41% of American coal was mined on federal leases. So those are things that Donald Trump can basically revoke, not Donald Trump, that Joe Biden can basically revoke, you know, and stop getting fossil fuel out of public lands. That would be wonderful. It would be great. <laughs> um, it, but it was, it's going to cost him political capital. And this is the thing. Like sure. I said, Joe Biden is not interested in spending his political capital if he doesn't have to. Right. So we have to force him to. And I think a lot of people don't know how we do that. Well, how do we do it? The best way I heard it is we have to keep our politics outdoors. Okay. So... The way this was explained to me is like indoor politics is basically the idea that we can work within the Democratic Party, mm-hmm. right? So basically we do it behind closed doors. We talk to our other fellow Democrats and we get them to agree with us to shut down coal leasing on federal lands. Okay. Now, so right? we aren't going to be able to do that. If we're not going to be able to do that, and this is where I think a lot of uh, movements have gone, c- kind of died in the Democratic Party over the last few years, mm-hmm. is trying to do indoor politics, mm-hmm. trying to be like, we're all on the same side here, guys, let's get it done, mm-hmm. rather than keeping them outdoors. Outdoors is in the streets, mm-hmm. right? We need to m- keep the protest movements going. Right. We need to keep marching. We need to keep shutting things down. We can see and that keep it the works. Pressure up. It, it's worked somewhat during the Trump administration. Even, it yeah. will work better during an administration that's more interested in dealing with us. Yes. I don't think Biden is really that interested in setting in federal troops into Portland, for no, example. No, he's not. So, he's not interested in having protests. He wants to unite, and he wants the protests and the huge divisiveness that's on TV every night to go away. Yeah, and so as the protest movement, that gives us some leverage over Biden. And it's a little bit easier to have a more peaceful protest with Biden. Exactly right. We just we we don't want to allow him to let us fade into the background, right? There's no reason why right now we're you know, this is the biggest protest movement for, you know, social justice going on right now years. in 40, 60 years maybe ever. There's no reason for it to go oh indoors. Oh, God. I can't, I, it's 2020. I was like, 40 years? I wasn't... I was like, wait a minute. What year was that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so long ago. But in our lifetimes, for sure. Yes. And there's no reason for us to pack it up. No. There's no reason for the people that are in the streets marching for justice last week to say, well, Biden's president. Now I don't have to do that. We can see that it's m- very successful right now. 
Yeah, just keep going, I yeah. think is the number one advice for moving him to the left is force him to see this is where the winds of change are going. Mm-hmm. I think there's some evidence to suggest that, you know, the party is moving to the left. We see that with the expansion of the squad, right? Um, yeah, the squad. <laughs> For a second, it took me a second. But I mean, like AOC and yeah. you know the rest of the squad, they had they she ran she helped a bunch of other you know young candidates, uh, progressive candidates win elected office. We can mm-hmm. see the expansion there, and mm-hmm. I think that Joe Biden, like I said, he sees what's happening. He can see that you know this is a viable movement. These people are generating his base. Mm-hmm. He can easily dismiss us if we let him. Just we can't let him do it. We have to go out into the streets still. We have to keep that, you know, keep his feet to the fire, I guess, in that sense. Um, There was another point that I thought is an interesting one, which is actually a fear that Republicans had. So I don't know if you remember when Trump announced the that it was a national emergency that we had yes. illegal immigrants. Yes. And so he like kind of expanded the 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 role of what could be a national emergency. I do remember. And even that. at the time, some of the more savvy Republicans were like, "This is, might be a bad idea." Because <laughs> yeah. if we ever lose power then maybe a Democrat could come in and they said like specifically, what if they decided climate change was was a national emergency? Mm -hmm. And so it is possible, although very unlikely, that Joe Biden could declare a national emergency for climate change. Now, is that something that we want to hope? Because again, if Biden continues it, it gives even the right more justification for doing this when inevitably they become in power again, because I don't think this is going to be Sure, it swings back and forth. But I mean, that power is already there. They've already used it. You don't think that perhaps maybe Trump era items are considered wastebasket to some level? If if Biden changes, if Biden doesn't go along with it, but I don't know. Republicans are so hard to follow. (laughs) Well, like an emergency declaration would give Joe Biden, like just in theory, like let's say he did it, right? Mm It would give him very broad powers to direct funds and industrial production to, like, solving the climate crisis. He could stop domestic oil drilling. Mm -hmm. Just stop it. Mm -hmm. You know, he could uh, reroute military funds to, like... Education? Well, to projects for climate change, right? (laughs) If that's the emergency. Sure, Um, sure. But certainly doing so would come with extreme blowback from the right. And I think this is kind of the point is that any step Biden takes on climate change is going to be met with resistance for the right. And so even if he decided to like, you know, as they say, fuck your feelings, right? Mm-hmm. And just say, you know what? Climate change is an emergency. We do have to deal with it. And if you're not going to pass any legislation, if you're going to gum up any, even the most, you know, watered down legislation in the Senate, just do it by emergency powers. There's seems- going to be unlikely Derek it seems very unlikely like to do that would require massive mobilization of the people that I don't think we're prepared to do huge way of getting Joe Biden on board yeah (laughs) and again he would have to be forced to do that it's not something Joe Biden is interested in doing wants to do no exactly right it's theoretically possible but seems politically unlikely yes and so um, you'll notice as well that I didn't say anything about the Paris Climate Accords. Yes, um, which Joe we're going to get back in, he said. Yeah, he tweeted like almost immediately after you know being announced as the winner that you know we'd re-enter the accords you know seventy-four days from now which or whatever we'll do it what, is. Nothing, I guess. Exactly. Right. I but feel like it's a step in the. It's a symbolic gesture, yes. but like this is the thing about the Paris Climate Accords and all of these sort of big international plans is mm-hmm. that they are very very light on forcing you to do them. Like, as it stands right now, none of the major emitters on the planet are that are still in the Paris Accords, mm-hmm. quote-unquote, are going to meet the targets that they set for sure. themselves. Sure, 
it wasn't like the climate scientists set the targets. The country set some really milquetoast... Uh, sort of arbitrary in some yeah, ways, yeah. That they thought maybe we could achieve this, and then they're not even going to meet those. Yeah, actually. And there's nothing that's going <laughs> to change if they don't. Yeah. So it's like, okay, right, we weren't in the accords, but you're not really in them either. You just say you are. Yeah. You know, so, okay. It's kind of like uh, Gavin Newsom saying we're going to not make any more electric cars in California or sell any more or whatever. No, what he said, we're not going to make any more regular cars. Right. That's right. Yeah. I'm sorry. I misspoke. Uh, and I was like, okay, is that... Well, what I mean, is... that's such a joke. But also, like, I mean, he knows where electricity comes from, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't mean to say it's not a good move, but I don't know about that. Oh, though... Hold on. Did you see Greta's tweet? I did. <laughs> I think I retweeted it on the heating up. Oh, uh, my God. That was great. Yeah, no. Um, I mean, in a broader perspective, like I said, about the Paris Accords yeah. or just in general about the climate crisis, like it's very hard to figure out what Biden is going to mean for the climate because it's so it's such an extremely narrow path we have to walk to actually getting uh, decarbonization, you know, by the mid-century or any of these targets that the scientists are telling us we need to hit. Mm -hmm. Like, we can't air, we can't mitigate on them, right? right? And even if we, even if Joe Biden were to to 100% try and meet those targets during his four or eight years in office, right? Eventually, the pendulum will swift, it'll swing, right? Mm -hmm. Eventually, Republicans will come back into power, right? right? And if they move us off of that path, then we're off of that path. Right. It's not good enough to have been on the path for a few years and then varied off of it. You got to mm-hmm. stay on it. You got to get mm-hmm. there. And so it's really weird as well. Right now in America, the other thing is climate change is an incredibly divisive issue. Mm-hmm. Even though there's a decent amount of evidence suggesting that for, you know, 11, 15% of the voting population, climate change was the number one issue this year, even with the pandemic, even with the economy. There was a lot of evidence to suggest a lot of people voted based on climate change. You don't think that that is maybe people saying what, saying that and sure. then voting differently. But I think their definition of what it actually means is to different. be a, is different than what it's actually going to take. Sure. And the true kind of measures to get to decarbonization are very unpopular. Like you said, no more fossil fuel cars. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's crazy for a lot of people to even conceptualize. Right. And yet that's where we need to be. Science doesn't really care about your feelings. And so if we really want to try and meet those scientific standards for where we have to be, it's going to expend a lot of political capital that I don't think Biden is ready for or anyone is ready for. Mm-hmm. And the other the si- other side of that is we're at a kind of time right now in this country where a lot of people are, uh, let's just say, not optimistic about our, you know, kind of yeah. like coming together as a nation. Uh, we're I very think more divided. optimistic than we would have been five days ago. Maybe, but it's still a very divided country. Absolutely. And climate change action is going to not bring it together. Let's mm-hmm. say that, right? Mm-hmm. So if Joe Biden takes a step that, you know, again, closes oil leases on federal lands or whatever, right? If he does anything that screws over the working class, it's not going to be good. Exactly. Or, I mean... It's going to be an interesting time for the climate, is yeah. what I will say. Yeah. Um, there's possibilities with a Biden presidency, that's yes. for sure. Possibilities that did not exist under a Trump presidency. So Absolutely. in that sense, a big win, but it doesn't mean it's there. It's not enough to just say it's possible. We have to force him to do it. Right. So I don't know. I'm optimistic for Biden. I'm, I, I feel like... I think it has to be mentioned, 
The Supreme Court is a huge deal. Yes. Okay, and now that we aren't going to inevitably completely flip it to the right and have no ability to change this for years and years and years, we have a shot, honest to God, of keeping abortion legal in the United States. I, I swear to you, I was very, very worried that yeah. this was going to be something that we would lose, something that was decided before I was born. And, you know, you can say abortion isn't an environmental issue, but I'm telling you, if women don't have access to it, it's a big problem. Yeah. I mean, that's true. Some people are single issue voters, and that is a big one. I mean, just to kind of sum it up, I do think, like we said, there's reason to be optimistic about a Biden presidency, uh, certainly more so than a second Trump term. Yes. And, you know, that's not nothing. And maybe this in general moves the right to the left. Yeah, I do think that there's work to be done in trying to reach out because like Trump was such a weird cult of personality. Certainly. Like there's a lot of people that were like big on Trump that aren't necessarily big on like actual Republican ideals. I agree. And there's I think a lot, a lot of, like, of Republicans populist. didn't like him either. Yeah. And I think the, the, those party Republicans didn't like Trump because he didn't necessarily toe the party line. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of people out there who liked Trump but not necessarily the party. Mm -hmm. And so I think there's room for bringing people into a bigger working class solidarity. That's what I am hoping for. My biggest hope with Joe Biden, and to me is one of his assets, is that he does come from a working class background. He understands working class people. And God, I hope he can get them to be See, Democrats I don't think it's again. down to Biden. I don't think... I don't think it has anything to do with the people that are in Washington. I think it has everything to do with people on the ground. I think the only way to bring those people back into a working class fold mm. is organizing at the local level. Okay. I think everybody hates Washington because it doesn't do anything for people. Left or right, red or blue, I think that everybody dislikes D.C. Sure. And Agreed. I don't think anyone that's there, and let's be real, Joe Biden is a D.C. career politician. Absolutely. He's, even though, yeah, he comes it's from a working class. not super friendly to a union, I understand. He, even though he comes from a working class, you know, background, I think that right now Joe Biden is Beltway Joe, and nobody that, you know, no Trump voters are going to switch because Joe Biden's, you know, their kind of guy. To me, a big mistake with Trump was that we lost working class people. And that isn't what the Democrats are supposed to be. If you come to a fundamental thought about it, they should include working class people. And they've been forgotten. And that's why we got Donald Trump, in my opinion. Well, I, I think that that means a revitalized labor movement. I think that yes. means we have to make people realize the economy should work for everyone. Which I is think, a horrible loss with 22 and Uber and Lyft. I can't get over it. I'm so upset about it. <laughs> and I can't believe how much money they paid for sure. to buy that. And I think that there's room for a new kind of populism. And I think... There's a lot of other things that don't maybe not are necessarily in the scope of this podcast, really. You know, we're supposed to be about climate change. and they, It's all connected. It is all connected, for sure. You look at things like, yeah, like you said, working class solidarity and just populism. I think something that could be accomplished if we want is electoral college reform. Oh. I think this election showed everybody just how stupid four million votes the electoral college is joe biden won the popular vote by four to five million when it's all said and done and yet it came down to a couple of votes in a couple of counties couple of counties and Every guess what time. we already know where it's gonna where 2024 will be decided we don't yeah. even know who's running but right. we already know it and and that's not good for democracy that's not good for the vast majority of people 80% of the states don't matter. You know, that it comes down to nine or 10 states, my, maybe. My vote is absolutely meaningless. And I think that that's true for So we, you know, we're in a blue, quote unquote, blue state. So there's 
millions of red voters, quote, you know, re, you know, Republican voters in um, in California who feel like rightfully so that they have no chance of saying anything about sure. the national politics. Sure. And there's millions of voters in Mississippi who mm-hmm. are, you know, Biden supporters who are like, well, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe this is partly why, you know, half the population still doesn't vote. Yeah. And the Electoral College is so dumb. How do like, we get rid of it, though? The, that's the thing. It takes acts of Congress. And the only people who benefit from a two-party electoral college system are the two parties. Right. Are the actual G- GDP, sorry, the DNC and GOP. God forbid we go into having multiple parties. So this is a very uphill battle. I, I think that the vast majority of people would prefer a national popular vote with ranked choice voting. Oh, God. Can you imagine how great that would be? Like, like other countries do. Oh, to have but, your count matter? Yeah. Everywhere. <laughs> Yeah. And I mean, you could sell this idea to, you know, the crazy right-wingers in Red Bluff and to the deep, deep, you know, lefties yeah. in Missoula. Yeah. Because now their vote has actually mattered. And now everywhere has to be campaigned. Mm-hmm. Now you can't just appeal to the coal miners in West Virginia. Yeah. Because there are only 60,000 people. And you have that's going to move to the left. It, I think ultimately it will. But I, I think that there's a lot of people on the right, excuse me, in these reds or in these blue states who just don't even bother. Yeah. And you're right. There are going to be issues that are the Republicans that they're going to win because it's going to be more popular. But the thing is, I'm willing to take that and have people's votes actually count. And it's Absolutely. not to say that sometimes Republicans aren't right on specific issues. They are sometimes. And if we had every single vote count, it might actually reflect what the American people want and what makes sense for us. And I think something like that might actually kind of work to like mend our democracy in a way, make it stronger. It would be a whole different United States of America. And so I think if both, we did I think there's a lot of broad-based popular appeal for it. Sure. And I so, think so I think that there is room to act or to room to try and force the Biden presidency to act on election reform. Ooh, I don't know. Is there room for that? I think there's a lot I think a lot of people realize there's a lot of work to do in this country and maybe that's the biggest problem mm. is there's a lot of possibilities it's a matter of where our time and energy is going right. to get spent you split right? it up into a hundred different issues like obama got logged down in the last few years of his presidency because of all of the effort to get to keep obamacare right, right. passed it and then spent years and years and years in legal battles and to save it and you know and all of his political capital got spent on obamacare Absolutely. and guess what joe biden's not going to leave that alone he's going to do something he's going to uphold what barack obama's legacy is that's his point well and he's going to try and reform it and try and do Certainly. biden care and expand it and it's not quite medicare for all or whatever but it, that's a fight that is going to take political capital and it's going to take effort away. And I think you're going to see the Democratic Party try and force those of us on the progressive wing or force those of us who might, you know, disagree with, uh, you know, with Joe Biden's plan to say, listen, we all have to rally around it. This is a fight. We can't give up. We all have to be on the same page. They have a point, though, Derek. They have a point, if but if they give up everything else for one certainly thing. Certainly not. Certainly not. But we can't lose this, this health care. We can't do it. We cannot go back. I ref- we can't do it. And it's I know not that it's popular. coming before the Supreme Court here real quick. And so it'll be interesting. But I mean, there's just so many issues. Like you said, there's labor. There's, I mean, the future of the climate. There's so you know many. You know what's exciting about it, though? There's a chance. That's true. There's a chance in hell something <laughs> could get changed. As opposed to just day in, day out, doom and gloom and just 
it's over for us, America. We had a nice run. It almost makes me patriotic in a way again. You're telling I'm me like, there's a chance. Yeah. I'm kind of like, you know what? America isn't the worst country in the world. You know, like I already knew it wasn't the worst country in the world. I don't, I can go and say what I want to some level, right? But, yeah, would be, that would be those socialist hellscapes of Sweden. And, sure, sure, yeah. sure. But, you know, I'm starting to realize again, it, okay, America's not the worst. We can work with this, guys. We can, we can fix bad. it. Let's keep working with what we got here. Yeah, I mean, it's wild card 2020 for you, Corinne. Yeah, it's, you know, I'm going to keep... We're in with a shot. I'm going to keep that uh, Sweden online dating profile, but, uh, you know, I'm kidding. But, yeah. you know, I, I, I feel like there's a chance to work with it. That makes me feel... Optimistic Very for the future. different than I have in four years. Yeah. I think that's a good place to end it. We don't really have much else to say. Oh, my God. We've never ended on a good note before. This is we've his- ended on a good note. This on is a historic. <laughs> a historic week in many ways. All right. We will kind of leave the politics alone for a little bit unless something crazy happens. And we'll get back to actual uh, prepper topics next time out, guys. Thank you for listening. If you liked our show, please like, subscribe. Uh, listen on youtube give us an email we definitely want to hear from our listeners if there's anything you want us to cover let us know reach out to us on social media and yeah thanks for listening guys